and welcome to Sidewalk Confessionals. This is Caleb. And this is Jeremy. And uh, I think we're just going to talk. I had a plan. Uh, Like I said in the last podcast, this is about the way that uh, these things are going to go. We'll come up with a plan, usually uh, 12 to to 24 hours before we actually have to record. Uh, We'll actually get a plan together. What can we say? We're spontaneous people. And then inevitably... Uh, it's not going to happen the way we wanted it to. So, so I had a plan. We were going to, um, we were going to basically review a movie, but we were going to do it in the style of a newscast that is coming. I'm still writing it, but, and I have to get permission to use, uh, some audio bites from the movie and it's going to be a pain in the ass to actually do that, which I'm not pleased about, but. It's just, that's just how it works. So movie episode is coming, but for now, it's just going to be us talking. Um, Today's topic of conversation is, well, we're still thinking about that, aren't we? Well, we were going to talk about climbing, weren't we? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about climbing. All right, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been climbing. I know it can be super, seem super intimidating. I mean, giant rock walls. It is very physically exerting, I'll say that. It is. And it might seem dangerous, but as long as you have the right equipment and you go out it the right way, it's perfectly safe and it's extremely rewarding. I'm going to go out. I'm going to say that I'm I'm by no means, by the way, I'm not a professional climber, not even close. Um, but I have been climbing for a little while and I've been doing a lot of research and I know a couple climbers who, one of which is a professional climber. Okay. So... I can say with a certain degree of confidence that there is no guarantee, even if you're climbing in a gym, there's no guarantee that 100% of the time you're going to be 100% safe. There's no such thing as 100% safety in life. But the point is, the equipment is, is fairly protective. Oh, yeah, no, we're not, like, I'm not talking about equipment failures. Uh Equipment failure rates are extremely low. Quality control on, on, um, registered, like, actual certified climbing equipment, quality control on all of that stuff is, is very, very strict. Oh, so then you're talking about personal failures. Well, yes. Let me, let me tell you, you are going to fail a lot, but... It's so still couple, worth it. <laughs> so when you're first starting climbing, there's a couple things that um, that you have to kind of take into account. Mm-hmm. There is the type of climbing that you want to do, your like physical skill level, like how strong you are physically, and kind of like where you are able to climb and the people that that you can go climbing with. Mm-hmm. All of these things are factors and more. Um, I live in an area, we both actually live in an area where we're relatively close to a really nice uh, climbing gym. It's not super large, uh, but it's not a tiny climbing gym either. They have, uh, you know, a good amount of auto belays. They have some top rope. They have a lot of lead, a lot of bouldering. I will get into what all of that means in a second. Yeah, so I have access to a lot of the stuff that I would want to do. I'm a boulderer. I like to boulder. I... Rope work is okay if I'm being belayed by a person. Mm. If I'm on an auto belay, I freak out. 
Um, it is kind of scary. <laughs> so bouldering, basically, it, let me define let me define a couple things first before we start talking oh, yeah, about. Let's get in our, into our terms. Yeah, before I start talking about climbing. So this is the same thing that I was saying with, you know, when I was introducing the series about the AT videos that Appalachian Trail has its own language. Climbing has its own language. Pretty much any specialized field will have its own language. So climbing is going to have its own language. There are going to be terms that you should know if you're going to become even a little bit serious about climbing. So belay is basically... So a belayer is a person who is managing the rope. They're basically managing the amount of friction on the rope to protect the climber. The belayer stays on the ground while the climber actually climbs the wall. The belayer stays stationary. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. They might not be on the ground. Right. Because on (laughs) multi-pitch routes, the belayer will be anchored directly into the wall and... That's super advanced stuff that you're not going to get into if you're beginning. So yeah, the belayer, for all intents and purposes, stays on the ground, and they are basically either giving the climber slack or taking up slack. They're basically making it so that if the climber were to take a fall, they would arrest the fall. So the slack would come out of the rope, the rope would go under tension. The idea is to keep the rope relatively taut. There should be a little bit of give. There should be a little bit of give when when the... When your climber is climbing. While your climber is climbing. But as soon as they've reached a stopping point, you kind of like dial back a bit. Yeah. So your climber, your climber can take a rest uh, halfway up the wall or whatever. That's where normally you'd like, you give a little jump and while you're up higher, you pull all the slack out of the rope. And then when you come back down, you weight it. Mm -hmm. And that way they can lean against the rope and they can just use their feet and the rope and their harness to hold themselves and they're just going to take a rest on the wall so basically the belayer's job is to put friction onto the rope it's to make sure that the rope is not going to move when it would be potentially dangerous for the climber and then you have different types of climbing you have top rope you have uh, lead climbing so the difference basically between those is that top rope is kind of exactly what it sounds like the rope goes from the ground all the way up the route to an anchor it hooks through the anchor and it comes all the way back down to the ground so you have a loop basically Mm -hmm. suspended on an anchor so the climber gets tied to one end and then the belayer uses a belay device which a belay device's only purpose is to add friction Mm -hmm. so that the rope doesn't slide so that when the belayer is taking the weight of the climber or arresting a fall you're not trying to hold all of that weight with just your hands. Because yeah, your hands would be terrible at it and it would rip them apart. So yeah, your belayer will use a belay device, your belayer will stay on the ground. So if you're top roping, the rope is already in position. The rope is already at, basically there's as much rope on the route as you will ever need to climb that route. Mm-hmm. So as the climber is climbing, obviously one end of the rope is going up the wall, that's going to create some slack. So your job as the belayer is to pull that slack out. If the climber falls, then you arrest their fall by basically holding the rope in a position in which it will jam in your belay device. Mm -hmm. And then you can slowly release the tension after your climber recovers and all of that and lower them back down or whatever. Or when they top out, they get to the very, very top of the route and they're done climbing. 
then you lower them back down. They don't have to climb, which is called down climbing. They don't have to climb all the way back down. You can just lower them. And it's kind of like a rappel, but it's a rappel covered by... It's a rappel that's being managed by someone else, not the actual climber. It's such a gentle thing. It's great. Especially if you've, after you've had like a long exerting climb and then someone just lowers you and you're just like... Yeah, and you can just hang there, just sit back in your harness and let your hands rest. <laughs> there's also top... So there's top roping with a belayer, and then you can also top rope auto belay, which basically has a... Um, it's kind of like, it's basically the same mechanism that like makes a seatbelt lock up, mm. you know, like the retracting mechanism for a seatbelt. It's basically like that, but it's beefier. It's like that on steroids. Beefy seatbelts, folks. Yeah. So it's basically, it's not a rope. You're actually going to be tied to basically a really wide, heavy duty piece of seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And it's coiled up in this device that hangs at the top of the route. And... As you climb, it just automatically takes the slack out of the line for you, and you don't need a belayer. You can climb by yourself, and you can climb routes that would be too high. They would be dangerous to climb without a rope, climb without protection. The reason I don't like them is because, as opposed to a belayer where I top out on the route, I yell down to my belayer, take and they pull all the slack out of the rope, and then I just gently lean back, and I weight the rope. And then I can, you know, come off the wall, and my belayer will lower me down. I am, there's never a point at which I am in, like, a free fall, even for a split second. With an auto belay, however, you have to fall for it to act. Mm-hmm. So you have to weight it quickly for the camming mechanism in it to actually act and slow how, uh, slow down how f- slow down it unwinding that that line and lowering you back down so you have to jump off the wall and some of these auto belays go on the big walls at that climbing gym so you're 20 feet off the ground and you have this auto belay that's going to that if you you know try to lean back into it it's just going to slowly it's just going to let you down <laughs> as if you were moving <laughs> along the wall during your climb. Oh, goodness, because there's not enough... There's you're not, not, enough, not coming down with enough, enough force velocity. to trigger it. Yeah, exactly. So I hate auto belays. Uh, mostly it's because I'm scared of heights, and I just hate... I can't stand the feeling of falling. So yeah, there's, there's that. That's an option. And then lead climbing is a little bit different. Lead climbing is basically where you're going to put... You have these things called uh, bolts along the wall, and it's basically a little hook along the route so you climb the rope is tied to you the other end of the rope goes to your belayer and then as you climb for the first little bit the rope is not attached to the wall at all until you make your first clip so what you do is you climb up to the first bolt you take this device called a quick draw which is basically two carabiners um, facing in opposite directions on like a piece of webbing you clip one end of the quick draw into the bolt and then you pull up your rope you know you Hang on to the wall. So you're on the wall with both your feet and one hand. You reach down with the other hand, grab the rope, pull it up, and then you're going to clip it into the open into the carabiner that's not clipped into anything on your quick draw, and then you keep going. That way, if you fall lead climbing, you're going to take a more severe fall because you're actually going to have the slack in that rope to fall. Mm-hmm. But once you fall past that quick draw then it's going to loop, you know, over that carabiner or whatever as if it were a hook. 
then your your belayer can can take up some slack. So lead climbing is a little bit more advanced. It's for people who are more comfortable with taking falls, more familiar with taking falls, um, and who are going to know how to do it safely and know how to climb safely too, and know how to clip. Because there is this thing called back clipping, which is where you clip the rope through the quick draw in the wrong direction. And then when you fall, it'll actually fold back over the gate of the carabiner and open it. Ooh. So what that does is it basically makes it so there's a loop through the carabiner, and when you fall, instead of holding the weight, it just pulls the rope right out, and that, you fall all the that way. That would just be utterly terrible. Yeah. So, and I've seen people back clip too. I've seen people back clip and take falls, and one of their one of their quick draws just blows out, and they fall to the next one. One thing's for sure, if you are going to get into rock climbing, don't be foolhardy about it. You know, take the time to learn how to do it correctly. Um, because it's not the sort of thing where you want to make mistakes on. Mistakes are inevitable and, inhu- and human, but you want to make, you want to minimize your mistakes. Because if you make big ones like that, you might splat. You want to minimize the severity of your mistakes. You're going to make big mistakes, and there's always going to be, if you're pushing yourself while you're climbing, you are always going to be in a situation where you're falling off of walls or you're just you have to give up because you just can't go any farther or things like that you have if you're pushing yourself you have to get comfortable with falling the point of on big walls the point of ropes and good technique is minimizing the risk when you do fall and when those pieces of protection are shock-loaded from catching you. Mm-hmm. Um, because especially if you're lead climbing, you actually generate a lot of force. I mean, you're a person who weighs what? You're heavy, is what I'm trying to get at. You're heavy, and you're falling. So if you fall off of that wall, you're going to you're gonna fall for a long enough distance to actually build up a reasonable amount of force. And when that rope catches you the rope does stretch a little bit so the rope is going to take some of the severity of the of the fall away and but the protection all of your quick draws and all of the bolts and your belayer are left taking up the rest of that shock so you want to make sure you have good technique when you're placing gear and actually clipping your rope and all of that stuff and you'll just learn that you'll learn it by watching climbers talking to climbers and there's no shame in asking for help oh never i've never met anyone climbing or talked to anyone in a gym or seen anyone be annoyed Mm -hmm. by uh, by someone asking for help or by someone watching them climb or you know just talking to them about Here's another term, the beta of a route. So the beta is basically the information that you, on more difficult routes, it's really important to get your beta, which is the information about the route. So you want to know how difficult the route is, what kind of holds there are, because there are different kinds of holds, foot placement, hand placement, because when you get into more difficult stuff, that sort of thing is the difference between finishing the route and, and getting stuck halfway through and having to give up. And then flying off the route and yeah. taking a whipper. <laughs> Which I have also seen. So have you been to uh, Inner Peak South End? No. So I live in we live in Matthews if, mm-hmm. as we as we've said before, which is not that far from Charlotte. Um, so in the south end of Charlotte, there is a gym, a climbing gym called Inner Peaks. 
So this gym has um, it's a twenty foot warehouse. Mm-hmm. So their their tallest routes are twenty feet, and in the main the main big room, they have these roofs. So a roof is a, a climbing wall that comes up and then goes inverted. So when you're climbing on it, you're actually hanging. So your back is directly perpendicular to the ground. Um, and you're looking, if you were like looking forward, you're basically looking straight up at the rock. So yeah, they have these roofs and I've actually seen people about to make a clip. So when you're about to make a clip, that's the, that's the most dangerous time to fall because that's when there's the most slack in your line. When you, I mean, anchors tend to be what, 10 to 20 feet away from each other. Oh no, not that much, especially not at the gym. They're probably six to 10 feet away from each other. Yeah. Good anchors. <laughs> yeah, and they're bomber anchors too. They're really solid. They're screwed into, I mean, they have, they're screwed in with huge bolts into giant pieces of wood that are supporting those entire walls. So they're not going anywhere, no matter how hard of a fall you take on them. Nevertheless, an anchor isn't going to do anything if your rope isn't clipped into it. Exactly. <laughs> so I've actually seen people reaching up to make the clip, which means they have the rope going from where it's attached to their harness, about waist level, all the way up the length of their extended arm, and then on the other side of their hand, all the way back down to their last clip, maybe six feet away. So they probably have 12 feet of rope between them and their last clip, plus whatever slack is in the line because it's not under tension. So right then is where you're gonna fall the farthest if you were to fall. So I've actually seen people right about to make the clip and then they just slip. And one of their hands come off or one of their feet comes off and they take what's called a whipper, which is exactly what it sounds like. You just fall and then the rope catches you and you just and you just swing. It's like whiplash, but for your whole body. Yeah. Yeah, so since since your whole body is actually falling, the the sometimes you also want to have good like gear placement, mm. especially if you're placing your own protection. You want to have it so that if you were to take a fall like that, the rope is not you're not going to fall like straight down and then it catches you. You want your your um your anchor points like off to one side or the other so that if you fall you swing. Because if you swing into the fall it's going to be less shock on you, on your belayer, and all of your anchors. That's why people take whippers. Because it, if you were trying to clip, if your like last clip was directly above you and you fell straight down, then it'd be like dropping a weight, you know, on a string and then catching it. It'd like just shock. Yeah. So you want to you want it to swing. Yeah, it is better to swing. Yeah. But I mean, still, climbers have this little. If you start climbing, especially bouldering, um, a lot of climbers will be like super serious, right? Not making a single sound, maybe like just the sound of their breathing or whatever, like a as they're trying to, as they're like exerting themselves. My experience is that when you really need to move, you like make these guttural animalistic noises. Oh yeah, no, that that (laughs) happens too. But particularly on bouldering, like people aren't doing that unless they're doing something super, super hard. but I've actually seen this a lot. A climb, they'll be like about to get to a hold or whatever. You guys can't see it, but as I'm explaining this, my hands are going up into like different hold positions and I'm like crossing my feet and 
digging my toes into the floor uh, as if I was climbing. So, um, but yeah, I've seen people like go for, and I've done it too. You go for the hold or whatever, you're maybe, you're bouldering, so you're no more than like 10 feet off the ground. So you're like six feet off the ground, but it feels like you're farther. You got the adrenaline going. You're going for this hold. And maybe you didn't chalk up your hands. Maybe you didn't wipe off, you know, the 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 chalk residue that's on the hold. And you just slip off and you let out this little scream. I can't do it right now, but it's basically, ah! no, it's not even that. It's just like a little, ah, and then you just, and then you just fall. It's, just, it's the funniest thing. You, you see these climbers like these, it's funny when you see like grown. You, you let out the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. That's the funniest thing is when you hear people. But when you people take whippers, there's basically two types of climbers that are going to do things like roofs and lead climbing. There's the people who are going to climb silently. And then there's the people who are going to do it as fast and as dynamically and as loud as they possibly can. Exactly as if you were going to go to a gym. So, you know, there's the people who are going to be slow and precise with their hand and foot placement. That's the kind of climber I am. I am slow and I pay attention to where my feet and my hands are. I make sure that I have bomber holds. Bomber basically means it's not going anywhere. Kind of not in kind of counterintuitive, but no, it sounds like 90s lingo. Yeah, that's basically what it is. So I make sure that I'm on bomber holds. If a route is too dynamic for me, dynamic basically means, uh, like more than two limbs have to come off the wall to get to the next one. So you're like jumping from one hold to another or swinging from one hold. I can do a little bit of dynamic, mostly just because I'm not strong enough to do something super dynamic. But yeah, I'm just moving very slowly, very cautiously. And then you have the climbers that throw everything they got at it the whole way up. And they're like these powerhouses and they're terrifying, to be honest with you. Um, But it's also really fun to watch those guys climb. It's like spider monkeys. Yeah. And they're like grunting and <laughs> all the way up the wall. And then they fall and they're just, I'm not going to scream into this mic, but they just scream when they fall. Or you get the other ones that are just like, eh, when they fall. And then they take this huge whipper. We got started talking about this because I was telling Caleb that he ought to, he ought to, uh, he ought to come to the gym with me one yeah. day. I've, I haven't been to this climbing gym yet. In fact, I haven't been climbing in more than a year now, maybe like two years, maybe. Um, not since I was last in South Dakota. Oh yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, climbing in the Black Hills, which I do have a good story if you guys want to hear. Now that you can indicate whether or not you want to hear it, but I you're gonna hear it anyway because it's, it's a fucking great story. Oh my story. gosh. Um, oh yeah. So I'm a beginner climber, but um, He's, but not too bad. Um, Caleb's Caleb has a Caleb has a distinct advantage in the world of climbing. He's I've tall. got good natural form. Yeah, tall he's tall and, thin, and like thin. Limber. Yeah. He's he's put a little bit of muscle on him and he's a climbing machine. Like he is built to climb. So um, I have this really good friend named Kat. She's an amazing climber. Um, She's really good. And she lives in South Dakota. And whenever I go out and visit her, she takes me climbing. Um, so one time she takes me out to the Black Hills um, and 
we'd already done like the easy routes, like the toy boats and stuff like that. And so she decides today we're going to do like a medium route. I think it was like a five, seven or something. Of course it goes. The thing about this particular area is Can that, I interrupt you really quick? Yeah. So we're probably going to be referencing grading systems here in the U S uh, climbing is different than bouldering. Mm-hmm. I think it is a, a lot of most mm-hmm. places, but so bouldering is going to go from v0 which is like the easiest v0 bouldering is basically one step up from the shitty rock wall at the playground so v0 is really easy v0 some v0s are like super super simple some v0s are v0s that kind of let you practice technique and then it goes up from there so it's an open-ended scale the most difficult ones they have at the gym are v10 which are fucking impossible and then the climbing scale is basically the same. It starts at 5'5", five, five, which is one step up from that shitty rock wall at the playground. And I think the hardest one they have now is 5'13D. Mm-hmm. The next step up... No, I lied. 5'14D. The next step up from that would obviously be 5'15", which is like impossible. It's basically like trying to climb up the wall in your house. There is nothing to hold on to. Unless you are literally Spider-Man, you can't do it. <laughs> so yeah. So a five, what was it? A five, seven? Yeah. Five, so if a five, seven, if you have any bit of leg and upper body strength, you can get a five, seven. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's supposed not, to be easy. It's, it's supposed to be. It's an average route. Yeah. It's an like an average beginner mm-hmm. route. Not everyone's going to be able to do it. That's fine. But most people will. Mm-hmm. So we go out in search of of Quartzicos, and all we're armed with is like this tiny little like handmade map of the various areas, and the directions are very vague, um, and it's not like there's like signs telling you where to go either. Nothing is marked. You just have to look at your little map, which looks like a map of Middle Earth, and <laughs> like look at the rock formations around you and the trees and just kind of figure it out. So we finally find what we believe to be is, of course it goes. Um, Kat takes the lead because she's obviously the best climber by far. Is that route, is that route set? Does it have bolts? Yeah. Okay. It had bolts. Um, so she's lead climbing. You know, hooking the rope in. She she hits the rock at first. I guess initially it is a free climb. Um, a free climb is something without any... Well, no, I guess that's not true because a free climb wouldn't have any equipment at all. Yeah. She's lead climbing. Um, so she hits so the rock. Before you get to the first piece of protection, you're on the wall with no protection. Mm-hmm. You're on the wall not anchored to anything. Uh, but most walls, the first piece of pro is not any higher than like 10 feet off the ground yeah, or the, the ledge first or whatever was like 10 or 15 feet up no biggie she gets that she goes maybe about three bolts up um maybe about 25 feet or so before i start following her and then uh her boyfriend is on the ground acting as the belay uh or the blayer um so she's climbing i'm following her up for the first 50 or 60 feet it wasn't that bad it honestly wasn't that bad. It felt like an average route. The weather condition is nice. It's sunny, midday. Um, it's not too hot. Everything's going smoothly. Then, I guess at about 60 or 70 feet up, maybe, 
can't remember. One of us That's took a, a brief, long route. One of us, it was 150 feet in total. I just, so he told me this story the first time, and I didn't realize how long of a route that is. I wrapped, repelled, mm-hmm. off the top of like a 40-foot route, and I was terrified. Oh, yeah. This story is... It, this was a really intense experience for me, for reasons you will soon understand. So I think it was actually me who took the first slip. I don't think she ended up slipping at all, or if she did, it was only she like lost her footing and then quickly regained it. If it wasn't for Kat's excellent composure during this excursion, I don't know what would have happened, because... <laughs> Call Medivac or... <laughs> Call Alpine Rescue. Oh my God, we might have needed to. You'd still be paying for that. So I, I think at maybe like sixty or so feet up, I took a slip, fell about ten feet, Whoa. and um, and it was like I was okay. I scraped my knee a little bit, it hurt, but it was more demoralizing. So after that, I was really shaking and kind of like, because you, you know, it gives you that anxiety and that adrenaline is pumping through you. So you're just like. And she's like, she's like, it's climb? okay. No. To get the pump out of the way? That's what that was. That's that like hit, that first mm-hmm. hit of adrenaline. You get all shaky. Yeah. So she's like, it's okay. Just take a moment. Take a, take a minute. Stay where you are. Breathe a little bit. Regain your composure. And then we'll continue the ascent. Um, and this whole time, she's like 20 or 30 feet ahead of me. Um, so she keeps going a little bit while I take my break. Then I go up. I don't know... I don't know what I was thinking because she's like surveying the rock as she moves up to try to figure out what the best route is. And we come to a certain point where it's like we could go two different ways. And one is like this sort of like a chimney on the right side. And then a chimney is basically where you like wedge yourself between two. You wedge yourself in a really, really wide crack Mm -hmm. and kind of wall walk. And the chimney seemed to be a little more forgiving than the direct route. So she she advised that I take the chimney. And she, she sort of kind of did a sideways climb towards the chimney and then changed her mind and took the direct route up again. So as I was doing it, I was like, okay, that looked really difficult while you were doing it. And I guess maybe now we're maybe like 90, 100 feet up. God. And uh, it has a couple hours have passed, and the weather is changing a little bit. We can see the skies are getting a little gray, and and the wind is picking up just a little bit. And she's like, you know what? I think maybe it's going to rain, so let's just try to finish this route up and... Uh, I mean, poor Dan. He was all he was on the bottom of, on the ground waiting to even get a turn to do this, and he's just down been down there for like two two and a half hours or something, just watching just us belaying. climb, just belaying us. Just with his when you belay, you have to watch the climber too. So you're standing on the ground looking up. So she's like, "Come on, let's just try to hurry up and finish this." So I'm like, "Okay." That the the direct the direct path is too difficult for me, so I'm gonna take this chimney. The chimney looks like it'll be easy, right? Okay. So I sort of spider over right ways uh, towards the chimney. I get about like thirty or forty feet off to the side of where she is. For the most part, I've been like kind of directly under her, even though she is twenty or thirty feet above me. But then I like I deviate so that I can move near this chimney. Um, I get into the chimney and I start climbing it and 
I slip a little bit again, but I catch my footing. I'm fine. I don't fall. Um, it is really intimidating because I'm really high up. And then uh, that's when the problems start rolling in. I'm 100 feet off the ground. The skies are getting progressively more gray and hostile. Uh, the wind is starting to moan. <laughs> and another thing that I noticed is that to get myself into this chimney, I went I went too far. I've like deviated off the bolt path. So now if I slip, it's kind of going to be a problem. You're going to take a whipper out of this chimney? Yeah, I'm going to take a whipper out of this chimney, and it's going to be a significant you know whipper. That was probably, you probably got into trad. I didn't even think of that, mm-hmm. think about that. So trad is when, uh, when you're literally placing like, they're called nuts and like cams. Basically, they're except your, I didn't have any on me. Right, because you weren't because you weren't planning on doing yeah, any I wasn't trad. On doing but that. when you do trad, you basically place your own protection in like cracks. So they, when you fall and weight them, they jam into the crack, and that's your protection instead of a bolt. It's terrifying. It it, it's a significant amount more work than regular sport climbing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Continue. So I had no treads. I'm in this chimney, and there's a problem because the the there's like a, there's like a rock jutting out the side of the chimney, and it's fairly it's kind of sharp, honestly. And for me to get into this chimney, the I guess it wasn't absolute that this would have happened, or maybe it's hindsight is twenty twenty thing. But once I was in this chimney, the rope was being tensely pulled over this this jut of rock and it was kind of like cutting it a little bit (laughs) so if it managed to cut this rope that's like almost certain death you better not fall you better down climb fast (laughs) (laughs) well down climb a hundred fucking feet um which is hard down down climbing is harder than than actually climbing up oh my god is it oh my god is it because gravity is not something Gravity is not your Gravity friend. Gravity works against you when you're climbing. <laughs> it is not your friend. Gravity wants to pull you down into oblivion. That's what it wants. So when you're fighting gravity, you have more control. When you're moving with gravity, gravity's like, yeah, bitch, come into my hungry maw. <laughs> it's like <laughs> slurping you down. So um, the rope is tense against this jut. I'm a little concerned because I'm like, well, fuck, I can't. There's no way, there's no direction that I can go but up now because I'm too far away from the bolts. If I try to change directions, I'm going to take a whipper. Um, this, this carving, or it's not really carving because it didn't actually, it was placing. Imagine having a blunt knife and then pushing it against your rope and then you're moving the rope. So there's slight friction against the knife. It's blunt knife, so it's not just like slicing through it like scissors. Yeah. So, but it's not a pleasant situation. I'm gonna interrupt him once more, to. Don't worry. The just chairs. break my chair, why don't you? <laughs> to explain a little bit about the anatomy of a rope. Yes, so this will come in. This will be important. So you look at a rope. You probably don't think there's much to it, but they're really complex. But basically, here's what it is. You have core strands and it's basically it's usually like 10 to 20 strands they're just twisted together and that's just long continuous strands fibers of nylon twisted together and it's a bunch of them and then they are wrapped in a sheath the sheath's only purpose 
is to keep the core strands together. Yes. The core strands give the rope strength. The sheath protects the core. Yeah. So if the core breaks inside of the sheath, what's called core shot, it creates a really dangerous situation if you fall. Yeah, because now you're basically using a rope which looks to be which looks to be not broken, but is like dead inside. <laughs> yeah. Like a rotten limb of a tree. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I can go out on this, but since it's all rotted on the inside, when you put weight and pressure on it, it just collapses. Right. Um, but as of now, that has not happened, to my knowledge. <laughs> so I'm in this crag, I'm demoralized, I'm tired, hours have passed, I've got this bleeding cut on my knee, I'm uncomfortable. The shoes are really tight because I've got big ass feet and climbing shoes are just like, it's like it's Russian really ballet. It's really hard to find <laughs> big climbing shoes. Foot binding is, a, I feel very bad for all the people who've undergone foot binding you in history. To, it's not comfortable. You need to get some shoes that fit your foot well. Mm-hmm. You need to, are your feet wide? Not really. I don't think so. Okay, so you have an advantage there. Because you can wear pretty much any shoe if your feet aren't wide, but you need to, like, order them in your size. Yeah. I got big clown feet. <laughs> um, so I've been kind of lagging in this chimney for a while, and Kat has finally, she's gotten to the top, um, and she's like, come on, you just have a little while, a little more to go, and then you'll be up here. Come on. You got, like, 40, 30 more feet. It's okay. You can do it. And she's trying to, she's trying to hurry me along without being, without like making me too anxious because, like I said, the sky is getting progressively darker and these moans are turning into howls. <laughs> and uh, by now, I mean Dan's all the way on the ground. We can't even hear him. It's like I need to pick up the pace. So I do, I do escape the chimney. I'm uh, maybe 20 feet from the top. And then the wind really starts whipping up. And she's like, come on, come on, let's get to the top. And I'm like, okay, so I come climb to the top. I do those screams that I was talking about earlier. I'm an animal when I climb. If I don't embrace that beast inside of me with all the nasty primal noises, I just can't do it. So I'm like, (laughs) making these crazy noises, probably scaring all the wildlife for miles around as I climb up this rock. And uh, I finally make it to the top, and it starts uh, thundering. Um, Which is a really, really bad time to be up that high. And lightly raining. Now, here's another thing. If we were on the grounds, it may not seem that extreme. But when you're 150 feet in the air, and you're basically, you're in the sky, because there's nothing to block the path of the wind, that wind was just there's so many it was like a gale there's i'm gonna like lightning round Mm -hmm. basically list all of the risks you're exposed to the wind it's raining so you're wet which means the wind is going to sap heat from you faster it's going to soak your clothes because you're probably not wearing full synthetic clothing no which doesn't matter anyway if it's wearing jeans or something no shorts because i scraped my knee it doesn't matter anyway if it's actively raining because you're constantly being wet which means you're constantly being cooled not only that 
your ropes are not dry treated. So a dry treated rope has a coating on the outside which keeps water from getting into the core. When water gets into the core of a rope, it weakens it because it makes it stretch less. It makes the fibers tense up. So it's more likely to core shot if it stretches over something or if it's shock loaded and stretched over like a quick draw or something like that. And then, not only that, again, the rain, you have no grip on the rock, and there's lightning and thunder, you are the highest points, which means that lightning is more likely to strike where you are than anywhere else around you. (laughs) So, it was terrifying. Um... And these winds were, it was loud, it was loud, and it was strong. And keep in mind, too, that even though I've done a bit of climbing, I never really studied climbing or anything before I got into it, because I've only done it a few times for, like, fun with my friend Kat. And even though I've got, like, a bit of, like, I don't want to say talent at it, because I'm not, like, a good climber by any means, but, you know, I've got ability in it, I don't know any of the techniques I don't know a lot of the knots some of the terms I haven't learned yet so I'm learning as I go along and we're at the top and there was I can't remember the original way that we were going to go down because I think originally Dan was supposed to come all the way to the top with us too but did you have two ropes I think so I think we we had two ropes so if you had two ropes but they were like hooked into the same thing yeah Yeah, Yeah. so if you had two ropes what you were probably going to do when you got to the top is go indirect so come so basically take a section of the rope mm-hmm. tie it directly to the anchor so that you can weight that and relieve the belayer of the tension on all of the rope take the ends of all your ropes tie them together hook them through an anchor at the top and then repel on double strands mm-hmm. and then you can actually pull on one of them and just pull the whole thing back down mm-hmm. That's what most people do if they climb on two ropes. Not having the greatest memory about the exact specifics of what setup we were using, all I'll say is that our original plan relied on Dan also coming to the top, and we were all going to come down together. Now, with the storm and us being at the top, and it already took us hours to get there, this was no longer an option, and we need to get down fast. So, Kat does her quick thinking, and she's like, okay, we're going to do this. No, 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 we're going to do this. And she's, like, trying to explain to me I have to make a pressic loop because we need to make, like, this emergency repel down the side of the thing. Pressics are terrifying, by the way. And I hate so she's, pressics. like, trying to teach me how to do a pressic loop, and it's really loud, and I can barely hear her. And I'm just like, uh, uh, and it's, like, thundering. And it's like, <laughs> and, and the wind is just like, Oh, God, I can't explain how loud and terrifying it was. And especially, too, I could look into her face, and she's a pretty calm person, but I could see the fear in her eyes. And her voice was like, she's moving a little quickly, and she's like, okay, we have to be quicker about this now, and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And because I couldn't hear or understand her, finally she was just like, okay, I just need to do this. And she just went into, like, action mode and just started making the present loop. And then, like, then we see it, then we see a lightning flash, and it's like, and she's like, okay, go, go. Oh, and she like shunts me off the side of the rock. I jump 10 feet down and we're repelling. We're both on the repel. And she's like, we have to move at the same time. But we, that's what it was. We were counterweights to each other. So whatever it was originally, now we're counterweights. So we have to be at relatively the same thing because 
we, me and her, are now the only things keeping each other from just slipping into oblivion. Which is a really stupid way to repel, by the way. Like, yeah. stupid dangerous, but really fast. <laughs> but really fast. And we needed to get down fast, because another thing is, when the rock is wet, there's there's, there's no nothing. Good. There's no hold. There's nothing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, have you ever tried climbing a waterfall? It's you and a rope. <laughs> People do that. What? Yeah. People climb waterfalls. Yeah. Oh, boy. Not even frozen ones. Well, this shit was crazy. And, I mean... <sighs> Everything else from here, just I felt like I was in like an action movie. She's like, go, go, go. And I'm sliding down on my pressic, and she's, we're just, just like jumping off the side of this mountain. This is a 150-foot uh, fall, by the way. And we're going down. We're jumping. And the winds are picking up. And you can see it's like whipping our rope against the side of the rock, this part that we're not touching underneath us. And everything's yeah. just flapping around us. And the rain starts to pile down and starts pelting us. And you can see, you can hear the thunder and you can see the lightning. And then the rope gets stuck in a tree at the bottom. So you gotta like wait. Yeah, so that was maybe like 30 or 40 feet off the ground. And we're like trying to coordinate after with Dan to get the rope out of the tree. Like agonizingly close. Mm-hmm. We were so close, but we we had to like coordinate with Dan to like get this rope out of the tree. And he's like trying to pull it and like flip it out of the tree or whip it out of the tree. And it was just like, oh, oh, it was so terrible. Um, we finally do get down. We survive. Everything's okay. Everyone's heart is pumping at a million miles an hour. And we, we take the rope down, blah, 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 blah. What we finally realize is the rope had become core shot. If at any point during that uh, descent we had, like, fallen or anything like that. Shocked that Yeah, rope. shocked that rope. It just would have fallen apart, and we would have just plummeted. <laughs> it was it was, uh, it was, was terrifying and uh, expensive. I had to pay $300 for the rope that I broke because I took that chimney. Um, sorry about oh, yeah, that, cat. expensive. <laughs> That's another thing, too. When you first start climbing, don't even think about buying a rope. Yeah, I'm sorry to say that climbing is an expensive hobby. So it is. It you're going to put you're going to sink so it. much money into it. How many thousands have you sunk into equipment, Jeremy? A lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's expensive. It gets it adds up and I don't have by any means a comprehensive kit of gear. Mm-hmm. I like I have enough to ascend. Oh, I have an ascender. That was another $100. Oh, boy. Well, it adds up really quickly, guys. So keep that in mind if you are going to get into climbing. But you don't need all of that to start climbing. If you start climbing like bouldering, you don't even need a harness. You need shoes and a chalk bag and some... I would say get a chalk bag and loose like some loose chalk mm-hmm. or a really good chalk ball. There's basically three kinds of chalk that you have. You have liquid chalk, which is uh, chalk, magnesium carbonate mm-hmm. dissolved in alcohol or mixed with alcohol, it doesn't dissolve in alcohol. It's mixed with alcohol so that you can like spread it on your hands like lotion, basically. I've used liquid chalk before. It's actually pretty cool. It's it, it works really well as a base layer, especially if you have like sweaty hands, because it'll, um, the alcohol will dry out your hands, but it'll also deposit the chalk like way deep into all the cracks in your hands. And then you can put loose chalk over it and it sticks. Oh, okay. Yeah, so liquid chalk is a really cool base layer. 
Um, don't you want the cracks in your hands, though? Because don't they provide friction? So if you smooth that out by filling it in with chalk... The chalk bad? gives you friction. Oh, okay. If you try to climb without chalk, you're going to wreck your fingers. Um, yeah. True. Yeah. So then you have loose chalk, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's just loose chalk in your chalk bag. You just literally, like, dip your hand into a pile of chalk. And then you have a chalk ball, which is basically like a mesh ball with loose chalk inside of it and you like squeeze it mm. yeah but yeah get good chalk get yourself a chalk bag and get yourself some like neutral some like well-fitting neutral shoes mm. and you'll be good to boulder if you want to climb and like have a harness i would suggest getting a harness kit because what that'll give you is a harness, a carabiner, a belay device, and a chalk bag, and usually some chalk with it. And then, and a nice little case to put all of that stuff in, like a little zipper pouch to put your harness and everything in, and then buy a pair of shoes. Mm. But don't worry about getting quick draws or other belay devices or extra carabiners or cordage or ropes or anything. You don't need that stuff until you decide to do more the more advanced climbing. I have that stuff because I didn't start climbing in a gym. No. You started on actual routes, right? In the, what, the, the... I started... In Boone or whatever? I started climbing, like, stealth camping and urban exploring. Ooh. <laughs> well, we could always tell the story about the transmission tower. The failed transmission tower climb. <laughs> yeah. We were... Basically, we have uh, transmission towers that go through our neighborhood um, that don't carry power. They're like these 50-foot, 60-foot transmission towers. We were going to climb one once... Uh, and it didn't work out mostly because it was like raining when we were, it was, we got to the, we got to the thing. We had all our gear. We were we rehearsed everything and then it started to rain and we just never tried it again. But I still want to climb that thing. And now knowing more about technique and having more gear and knowing what I know now, I realize what we would have done that would have been potentially dangerous and what wouldn't have worked very well. And I know ways to get around that. So I kind of want to go for it again. Inevitably, he is going to draw me into the Saini adventure. Last time, we were both all ready to go. It was the dead of night. And it basically pulled out because it was like a little bit. It looked like it might rain. It was sprinkling. Yeah, it was it sprinkling. Was so the, 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 the metal was wet. And I was nervous about that. And then on top of that, I was just really nervous because a couple people had walked by, even though it was the middle of fucking night and no one was supposed to be around. And I was I was just sure that someone was going to call the police on us. And not knowing whether or not we could get into any trouble for that, I just didn't want to deal with that. And I was just, I was really nervous for that reason. So I was just like, let's not do this. Oh, actually, I have to cut back to my story just real quick because I realized I left out one thing. So this climb was really difficult for me. Um, and then when we finally got home, uh, we did a little more research oh. on the internet and we found out that one of the reasons was the route that we thought we were doing, we weren't doing it at all. We weren't on, of course it goes, you know, friendly neighborhood rock climb. We were on the left wing of Smaug, which is as terrifying as it sounds. <laughs> um, what grade is that? It was a 5.8 plus. Yeah. So that was, and I can't remember, of course it goes, it's either a 5.7 or a 5.6, but it was something, yeah, it was something easy, which very much this route was not, and Kat was like, 
man, that was more difficult than I was expecting. And I was just like, you think? <laughs> and we figured out that it was it's because it was the left wing of Smaug. And uh, yeah, that dragon is fucking scary, guys. But yeah, that's all. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, we could, um, once we get up there, we could go direct into the top of the tower because mm-hmm. they have, they have not really places for you to like clip protection or anything, but there's a lot of places where you can like kind of build an anchor. Mm-hmm. So we could go in direct and just like have ourselves little leashes to like walk around up on the beams on top. top. Yeah. And we could like string up hammocks with ridge lines and just kind of chill up there. Oh my goodness. And actually after we get up there and put in a bomber anchor, we could drop the lines back down and then just, it's called jumaring mm-hmm. or one of the things that you can call is jumaring or just ascend. So we could repel all the way back down, grab our gear haul it back up ascending the rope and then just like chill up there like stealth camp which is super illegal and not something that a beginner should do i'm not condoning this we do not know about the legality of this we are completely unaware of the legality of these actions that we took i'm sorry officer judge your honor i was ignorant (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so the reason we started talking about this whole thing is because I was telling Caleb earlier about uh, going to the gym, oh, going yeah. to the climbing gym, and I asked him if he wanted to go, and he said, you know, basically, you know, he wants to start getting out and climbing. Well, your boyfriend, you and your boyfriend need to start going to the gym anyway. We need exercise. We're, we've become a little too sedentary. So... Uh, we need to we need to get out there and do some exercise. I think that this is definitely the sort of thing that Jose would be really skittish about. Um, but I know that Mexican. he would. He, I know that he would enjoy it once he got into it. Mexicans so. don't climb nothing. He is he is firmly in the earth element. I will say that. Yeah. He is planted to the ground. Oh yeah. Uh, I think. But if I can get him up there, I know he would like it. I, I think know we can get him. On some of the the easier bouldering stuff, yeah. So bouldering stuff, like you you go into bouldering knowing that you're not going to get that high off the ground and that you can bail out anytime you want mm-hmm. to. So I was telling I was telling Caleb that um, you know, Jose's never climbed anything before. Caleb, have you bouldered? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So I'm going to assume I'm a monkey. Well, yeah, I'm going to assume that Caleb has done, like, just menial amounts of bouldering before. So they're basically, like, straight-up beginners. I was telling him... You can't see me nodding. I was telling him... (laughs) That's what I'm doing over here. I was telling him that it's actually easier to start climbing on a route that's, like, slightly, uh, slightly inverted, slightly overhung. So when you're climbing on a route that's, like... Basically, if you were like, um, if you were to like lay down or lay like your chest onto the route, you'd be laying down. Like gravity would be working for you. Gravity would be holding you toward the wall. That's called a slab. Then the other way. Return the slab. Okay. And then return the slab. (laughs) And then the other way is either a roof. If it's like completely upside down, I can't remember what it's called. If it's just 
kind of angled the other way. It's actually easier to start on something that's angled the other way. Not so much that it's a roof, but either like completely neutral, like 90 degrees to the ground, like just straight up, or actually leaned over a little bit so that you would be leaning away from the wall. It's actually easier to start on that. I don't know why, at least me and Aaron and Ryan think that it's easier to do those than it is on slab. Well, I guess I'll find out when we go to the gym. Yeah. There's some fun stuff at the gym. They keep it rotating quite often too. That's the cool thing about going to a climbing gym, a good climbing gym, is that the people who like run the gym and your route setters and everything change everything over really frequently. So there's always new problems to work. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff. There's this, uh, I don't know if it'll be there next week. I hope it will. There's this V3. It says V3 that I was telling you about, the ones overhung. Mm -hmm. So it starts, it starts like in a crouching position, right? The first holds are really close to the ground. You got to get your toes into them. And then you start with your hands, like basically just above your knees. So then you're just like, you're scrunched down trying to get into this thing. And then you just basically like stand up on one leg, go, go fast, stand up on one leg, get your left hand up to a hold, get your, stick your right foot out, get your right hand on, get your left hand on a hold, right foot stick out, like hook your toes on it and then grab with your right hand and just kind of leverage yourself. And then from there, it's literally you go into this roof. So you're climbing completely upside down and it's coming out of that roof that I cannot fucking do for some reason. So I can get the roof. I can do the whole part that's completely upside down. It's getting my foot. There's like one hold that I have to get my foot on top of to then be able to reach my hand up and start coming up back uh, vertical. Mm. And I can't do it. Mm. I've been working on this route for two weeks. <laughs> You're making me like excited now. I really want to go. I really want to try this stuff out. Yeah. I want to feel that burn. It's so much fun. Your hands are going to get tired before any part of you, any other. Yeah, it's all the fingers. It's a lot of strain. You need to work on uh, finger strength. So I have a Robin. I've told you about Robin a little Mm. bit. Um, He says if you get like a bucket of sand or a bucket of rice or something, just stick your hand into it and squeeze. Like just make a fist and then open your hand straight and then just keep doing that over and over and over again. I'm just imagining just like sitting in a sitting in a dimly lit room with two buckets of rice, just like stoic, stone faced in my hands in them and just like squeezing constantly like a crab. And someone walks in and is just like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, just like, yeah, just like sit there, squeeze your hands and like relax your <laughs> arms. Let your arms like hang down into well, these. Well, no, that's impossible. I can't relax anything. Buckets and just like recite your mantra, just like meditate and squeeze the sand or rice or whatever. You will build up so much hand strength. It's ridiculous. There's also this. Um, what else can I use this hand strength for? There's also um, opening jars. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Gotta earn more man points. Gotta open as many jars man as possible. Skills. Yeah. Robin used to be my coworker, and Robin's. A climber. Robin goes like hard. So his hands are really tough and muscly and like calloused. They look like gorilla hands. Like that's what we that's what we joked that Robin's hands look like gorilla hands. And we were always like uh, another coworker and I were always like if he slapped you, you would fucking die. Like if Robin well, slap you in the next week. <laughs> like if he just gave you a good a good like 
full arm swing slap, you would die. Oh, Jesus. It would kill you. It'd be like a brick. I think all of you listening need to get out to a climbing gym or a walk, rock wall or a tree. You got to like... If you go to the gym and you're serious and you like you want to be kind of serious about it and you want a little bit of an advantage your first couple times going to the gym, start with something like super easy or start with like some push-ups or pull-ups or cardio or something, something to get that initial rush of adrenaline going because that initial rush of adrenaline will actually completely screw you up climbing. Really? Yeah. You want to get that little bit of the pump. You want to get that little pump out of the way. Oh, because you'll be like, there'll be too much adrenaline, and you'll. Yeah, you want to get just past that, and then you can, and then you can start going. Like, get, get just past that little pump, and then you're good. Then you're just cruising. You don't want to like coke up before you hit the route. No, <laughs> no, that's bad. In fact, I would suggest quite the opposite. Smoke some pot. Smoke some pot. Get your pump out of the way, and you'll be cruising. Chalk up your hands. You'll be cruising. They got some good music in there every once in a while too. Sometimes the music is trash. So if you have like wireless headphones, I would highly suggest you bring them. Sorry, Inner Peaks. Sometimes your music is trash. Okay. Some of you got I've no got taste. <laughs> I have to bring my AirPods. I have to like Aaron and I have AirPods. Mm-hmm. So we just completely ignore each other and like everything that's going on and we just go and just listen to our own music. That's the beauty, like spending time together but just doing your own thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. We cheer every once in a while, especially if we have like a larger group, like if it's me, Aaron and Ryan. Aaron and Ryan are my brother and sister. But if it's like me and Aaron and Ryan and a couple of Aaron's friends, we'll just like sit around. Like bouldering is 90% sitting around because it's so intense. It's like interval training almost. It's so intense for such a, for like a little short period of time, especially if you're really pushing yourself, that you need to rest between routes. You can't just go for it. You'll burn yourself out. Mm -hmm. So it's like 90% sitting around. So when we're like sitting around waiting, another person will climb and we'll just watch or like cheer them on or help them like left foot there. Okay. Right high foot. Fast, fast. Right hand. Good hands. Good feet. Pop it. Twist it. Flick it. Yeah, exactly. You've been listening to Sidewall Confessionals. Have a nice day and happy listening.